All right. Welcome. We're delighted you're with us today. It's time for the Ayn Rand Center UK's Daily Objective, and it's a day to celebrate for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, because of the holiday, we're just so uh, appreciative that you're spending some of your holiday with us today. And we've got a fabulous show for you today. There's a lot to celebrate in, in particular because we've got a, a new hostess with us uh, today. Catherine Daly is a former financial executive. She's an entrepreneur. She's a longtime objective. In fact, she uh, knew and, and uh, was present actually with Dr. Peakoff in a lot of those early radio shows. She was present <laughs> in a lot of those, but she's also known uh, Dr. Binswanger and, and Peter Schwartz and, and been a part of the objectivist movement for a long time. So we're just delighted, Catherine, to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And also, of course, you know, a man so well known globally, even internationally, that he only goes by one name, and that name is Nikos. Uh, you know, others have gone by Zeus, Aristotle. Well, Nikos, of course, <laughs> is with us today as well. He's an author, he's a scholar, uh, an objectivist, a professor. And I think, Nikos, for you, for me, you always em em emphasize how powerful ideas are because you came to objectivism somewhat later in life. And, yeah, uh, and now, now I'm going to say something about uh, my Marxist uh, past and how I... So Marxism and consumerism, but that's for a bit later in the show. So I'll let you do... I'll let Good. you start uh, more Good. smoothly. Well, great, because it's a day to celebrate. Um, it's certainly not Thanksgiving. We talked about that yesterday. And it's not Christmas. It's Black Friday. I mean, what is this? They call it Black Friday because historically, this is the day that... Uh, retailers push into the black for the year. It's the beginning of the Christmas shopping season. And objectivism historically has actually had a lot to say about this. The place I would start, and I'd refer all of our, our viewers to, is Dr. Peacock's wonderful essay, uh, going back a number of years right now, called Why Christmas Should Be More Commercial. And I tell you, this always, and, and I, for the record, didn't celebrate Christmas growing up, but I celebrate the hell out of it now, this completely turned my whole vision around and I think helped me, as always, not only understand objectivism more, but enjoy life more. And Dr. Peacock makes a, a very important uh, emphasis of why Christmas should be more commercial. And if you read even a little bit of the, the objectivist literature on this, um, it's about celebrating the season. You know, Dr. Peacock writes about how historically people had always celebrated the solstice, um, but then basically the Christians came along and turned it into something about self-sacrifice and, 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 and hate, you know, uh, and, and uh, self-flagellation. Uh, but the Christmas holiday, as we all know, as we all celebrate, is about celebrating commercialism, right? I mean, the fact that there's so much materialism available because of human ingenuity. And, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, even Santa Claus, these are American commercial inventions. Um, so it's a season to celebrate, in my opinion, a day to celebrate. Also to get something for yourself. And my God, thanks to Amazon, thanks to the world we live in, I mean, you can get almost anything, usually at a pretty reasonable price, delivered to your door. If not in two days, then not long after that. So celebrate Black Friday, celebrate the season as a season of commercial abundance and wealth. And uh, we're delighted, as we said, for, that you're celebrating a bit with us. So what about you, Catherine? Are you shopping already this morning or are you saying that maybe you should just be giving penance to the poor because uh, they're the ones who really need it this Christmas? Yeah, it was a real toss up between should I go to the soup kitchen or am I going to shop for a new uh, Google phone or something like that? <laughs> I think the, the windows in my browser say Google phone. <laughs> well, well, why? You know, because that's, you know, that's the, the whole idea. Um, Dr. Peacock writes about how America's tragedy is that its intellectual leaders have typically tried to replace happiness 
with guilt by insisting yeah. that the spiritual meaning of Christmas is religion, self-sacrifice. And it's maybe it's not the soup kitchen, but it's Tiny Tim, right? Yeah. I mean, you're supposed yeah. to be taking care of Tiny Tim before yeah. doing anything for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree. I never, um, fortunately, even though I was raised Catholic and, and by the way, Nikos, I also came to objectivism pretty late in life. I was in my early thirties when I first read the books and, um, and now I'm 102. So I've been an objectivist for a long time, but uh, it's, um, you know, I never really bought, I bought into the, uh, the self-sacrifice thing too much. I felt guilty about not buying into it a little bit, but I got over that once I started studying objectivism, of course. But yeah, I, I was looking at, you know, some more of the history of Christmas. And I know Dr. Peacock mentions that in that, that article, that great article. Um, and I was looking at how it has sort of been a battle back and forth between, you know, people who wanted to celebrate it for the Saturnalia, which is, you know, when the days start to get longer, thank goodness, you know, Jonathan and I are both here in Chicago where the days get really short and cold for a long time. So, very in tune to that date. But, you know, and even in the United States, apparently when the, the pilgrims tried to put down Christmas, people were starting to celebrate it for more happy reasons. And, and it just became so popular, they finally gave up and eventually it was made into a federal holiday, which is a, a really cool idea. So I think the right side is winning, but I, I don't buy off on the altruism thing. And I love the idea of just celebrating by, you know, enjoying the benevolence amongst friends and family and giving presents and looking for cool things. And I will definitely be engaging and trying to help the economy along today. This is this is because this is what Rand says, quote, the charming aspect of Christmas is that the fact that it expresses goodwill in a cheerful, happy, benevolent, non-sacrificial way. I love this line. One says, Merry Christmas, not weep and repent. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Uh, what sets the day usually for Black Friday is something even worse than telling you that you shouldn't be that you that, you know, that you should say sacrifice. It's this sense that says that the fact that you engage in all that stuff is bad. And historically, where does this come from? It comes from the church, from re religion. But the biggest surprise is that in the last decades, it comes mostly from the left. So yeah. today, the average leftist is up in arms on Twitter about how horrible consumerism is. Here's the thing. That person doesn't realize that this anti-consumerism of the left is the biggest admission of defeat of the left. And also it's a huge betrayal to its history because what made the left such a big movement in the 20th century? It promised working class people, hardworking people, a better future. So I want you to listen four lines from one socialist from the 1920s, the suffragette Sylvia Pankhurst, who if you read these lines today to a leftist, they would say whoever that person is should be cancelled and should never set foot on a campus because I'll get triggered. Listen to the lines. Quote, socialism means plenty for all. We do not preach a gospel of want and scarcity, but of abundance. And then, we do not call for limitations of birth, parenthesis, the environmentalists do, or they talk about overpopulation, continue quote, for penurious thrift and self-denial. Again, my comment, that's all the left is talking about. Self-denial, sacrifice yourself. Going back to the quote, we call for a great production that will supply all and more than all the people can consume. So here you have an iconic socialist from the 1920s telling that we need to produce more of the stuff that people can consume. 
And what do today's leftists giving us? The exact opposite. And why is this? So, by the way, for the record, uh, I wouldn't be at all opposed to someone getting value from helping uh, in the kitchen soup or helping other people. If your goal is to see a smile and this gives you value. Yeah. What this message is telling you, the anti-consumerist message is telling you is, I don't want to see any smiles. How can mm-hmm. you smile when the environment and when this and when that? And also notice the elitism here, right? Oh, you poor people who go to the supermarket and one is over the other or who's going to buy the flat TV. And notice how today I was in the university and I heard a working class boy telling me that I'm working all these shifts and I can't wait to buy a flat TV. That was like, good for you. (laughs) So that's what the left doesn't want to see. The hardworking working class kid who is working really hard and can see the, let's say, the embodiment of this work and, and can be happy. So, dear leftists, you think you're super radical, but you sound more like my religious, uh, my religious aunt from, from Greece rather than from the radicals who should be your heroes. So if you ever have to read anything from Marxism, please don't read the anti-consumerist crap and go read some Sylvia Pankhurst. I think that's a really interesting observation. You know, the old leftists, Nikos, were a little bit better. On, they at least promised some material abundance. You know, today's leftists promise that their goal is the material, the absence of material wealth. You know, even something like a Christmas tree, which, you know, I didn't grow up with a Christmas tree, but I know a, a, a lot of people who get, you know, and I don't have one now, but I, I kind of would like one because, but now they'd say, oh, that's environmentalism is how can you, chopped down a Christmas tree. But, you know, Rand talked about that. Here she talks about the best thing about Christmas. One of the best things is, is the decorations, the street decorations put up by department stores, the, the Christmas trees, the winkling lights. I mean, it, it really does. Catherine, to your point, during a really ugly time of the year, it's gray, it's dark. It makes, you know, life a little bit more palatable when you see the beauty abundance. You know, even if you don't necessarily get like the gingerbread house or, you know, buy the, it's just a feeling of um, gaiety. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling of spectacle that this modern uh, capability provides for us. So it's a, it's a season to celebrate. And to your point, Nikos, it's, you know, in the past, it's all been about, well, why should you indulge in that? Why should you have that? Christmas is the season to do that. And I'll, I'll share one more, actually, if I could, Rand herself, thanks to the Ayn Rand Institute, we can take a look at some of the Christmas cards that Miss Rand and her husband, Frank O'Connor, uh, sent, you know, very, you know, uh, happy, cheerful greetings, best wishes. Some of the letters that she actually sent him, she called him Cubby Hole. Of course, that was her sort of nickname. So absolutely celebrate the season. And thanks to the com- commercialization, again, I go back to Amazon, the fact that, you know, if there was a particular candy you like or a particular type of food or style of shirt or whatever, I mean, it's available now, usually at a pretty good price. That's something to celebrate. Oh, and one of the things trending today on uh, Twitter was make Amazon pay. Oh. And, and here's the interesting thing. Hey, what? Though. Here's the interesting thing. What, where would our life be during a lockdown without the things that the left say they're alienating us? So I'm an immigrant. I'm in the UK. My family's in Greece. And if I want, I can be online talking to them for free 24 hours. Back in the day, I had to put 10 pounds, in 2006, I had to put 10 pounds in a SIM card to talk to them 
for, I, I remember once there was like a crisis in the house and I was talking for 20 minutes and my whole, like the equivalent of the whole bill of the month was gone. So dear leftists, when you talk about alienation, think about these things and uh, yeah, ma make up your mind. Catherine. Yeah, I, I really, I, I, I'm a big fan of Amazon. I, uh, you know, it's amazing that people have this opinion of it because nobody, I mean, who's saying this, they're all old enough to remember what it's like without having Amazon here. It was just, I mean, much less the internet. Now, I remember before the, even the internet when like I needed to go buy something, I had to go get the big old yellow pages and then go drive all around the whole city looking at a different, you know, different places for something like that. It was so inefficient to find anything. And now I can search the world, literally the whole world and find anything, pretty much anything. And, uh, and like you said, to make the fact that this has continued to work so well during such a dysfunctional time worldwide should be celebrated, along with all the other commercialism that's, that's been keeping us alive and happy and sane. Because I tell you, if it wouldn't be for being able to get a lot of nice things delivered to my house and food and everything else, I would be going crazy here. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Marianne on, on our, on our uh, chat, on our Facebook or on our YouTube page is saying that Zoom and Amazon saved her from a depression during the pandemic. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that availability to Nikos, as you said, connect with family members. Uh, Catherine, as you said, have stuff delivered. And, you know, I'll, I'll throw the Ayn Rand Center UK on there. I mean, we're pumping out ideas that are hopefully making your life better, saving you a little bit during these difficult times. So use this opportunity, I'll throw this out, to put a couple of shekels, put a couple of drachma, put a couple of pounds, Put a couple of yen in our tip jar this afternoon uh, in the UK or wherever you are in the world. It really makes a difference to know that, you know, we're giving you some spiritual ammunition. Um, and, you know, for me, people say, oh, well, chari charity, you know, what does that have to do? And Nico says, you said, look, if you get something out of the soup kitchen, go for it. I really enjoy giving people that, you know, I, I work for me, if you will, uh, you know, couple of bucks, 50, 100, uh, whatever dollars on Amazon, because it brings a smile to their face. They get to go out and get something that they enjoy. So I don't think charity, and we'll talk about this next week on so-called Giving Tuesday, but I don't think charity should be excluded from the holidays. That's that's part of the fun of it as well, right? I mean, finding- No, a but it's not mandatory. Catherine would love that. Yeah, it's and it's, but it's just not not mandatory. That's the point, yeah. I'm doing, do, do what is, makes your life and enriches your life. Well, Nikos, what's here, on your here. wish list right now? Sorry? What's on your wish list right now? Anything particularly embarrassing or exciting on your wish list right now? For so my wish list, to be honest, is to give a better experience to our viewers. So I bought a nice green screen. Turns out it doesn't work with my computer. Then I bought a new phone because they all was dying. Turns out the green screen doesn't work with the phone either. So I know it's a super first world problem. So my wish list is make sure that... The Dale objective. I don't look like I'm, a, I'm in a second world war bunker, but who cares? It's all about the ideas. I'd rather do this even if it was in darkness or from uh, the car, although I don't own a car. But yeah, I, no, I'm I'm very happy with my life. So no major uh, no major things that I want this Black Friday. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I I definitely got technology. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm definitely one of those technology girls. I, uh, I've got to go look for the, like, the latest, coolest gadget out there and uh, the latest, coolest phone since something, you know, happened to the screen of this one again. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and for, I mean, I think about uh, my mom actually gave me, she was going through some old material and we found the 
receipt from my Mac Plus in the oh, early yeah. 1990s uh, mm-hmm. when I was just, I guess, going to school or going, I guess, high school, whatever that era was. And <laughs> it was, I think, twenty-three or $2,400 for a Mac Plus back oh, yeah. then. And, and that was like four grand to now. So, um, you know, Catherine, my, my Amazon wish list these days, it isn't, it's a little bit lower price, but like I have this fascination with, for example, regional brands, like regional brands of soda or candy. And, you know, America, mm-hmm. one of the great things about America, thank you, Daniel, for that support. Two pounds. Um, I mean, that could get us at least a couple of pasties, uh, it, it, you know, oh, euros, two euros. Thank you. Well, that's even more. Um, thank you, Daniel, for that support. Thank you so, very much. You know, thank you. I love I love getting you know kind of interesting regional brands of candy, interesting regional brands of of soda. All of it, obviously, not terribly expensive, delivered to our door. And you know, we always talk about trade as being win win, uh, Nikos. You know, it's so fascinating to be able to get, for example, little gifts from other countries. You know, like well, how is Christmas celebrated in in Europe or in Japan or anywhere else? The beautiful gifts that other cultures can make, and it's all about win win. It's all about trade. And thank you. Mary Ann, Mary Ann, Mary Allen, Mary Ann, Mary Allen, Mary Allen. Thank you for tossing a cup, a couple of uh, bucks as well as well. That makes but a great deal for us as well, especially on this on this uh, black tooth. You Friday. realize people that were quite unique in celebrating this, and the quote enemy in this is not only the last. So notice, for example, how one of the film, which is one of I love this film for other reasons. Think about the film Fight Club. I like it because Brad Pitt is super awesome. So there's this anti-consumerist message. And this used to be a film which was super popular with leftists. Now, the very interesting thing that has happened in the last years is Fight Club is less and less and less popular within the left because they find this macho culture too much to bear. But now it's popular to the reactionary right. So if you go and read uh, reactionary right stuff about consumerism, religious stuff about consumerism and stuff from the left around consumerism. So we could play a game. I could give you quotes and tell you who said it, like Richard Spencer or uh, the priest or a leftist. You wouldn't be able to find the answer. So I spent some time Googling some religious sites today and their attacks on consumerism are exactly the same uh, as the attacks of the left. So the question, like the, the, to, 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 the thing to think about is, what is it that all these movements, all these ideologies, all these philosophies have in, co- have in common that make them so allergic to this idea of celebrating abundance and, and also this benevolence, what you said. Like, I like giving gifts, right? And it's not, it's not self-sacrifice, it's not anything. I like the idea that you, you think about what does that person value and you give happiness and you add value to their life. So... That's like the final, and since Catherine was, you mentioned she was one of these great radio shows with Leonard Pigoff, so the thing I liked more is, is, is when he was doing these philosophical mysteries. So that's the mystery I give to the audience. What do the traditionalist rights, the, the religion and the left have in common? So if we, if we solve this mystery, then probably we're going to understand this world in a better place, in a better way. Well, I, I'm going to have some fun today and, and, and quickly, I know we're, we're somewhat running out of time, but thanks some of our Super Chat donors with some fun gifts that I, I'll give. And maybe we'll do this through the Ayn Rand Center UK. Mary Ann, Mary Allen, I'm going to send you and thanks. This is a bake note from Venezuela to Venezuelan boulevards. Mary Allen, 
let the Iran Center UK know your address and I'm gonna send this to you. And from Ragnar of the Desert, we're gonna send you, this is a, uh, well, it's a Reichmark, Reichmark from, well, I mean, friggin' it's from Nazi Germany. And if you re you'll read the, ins the uh, inscription on the coin says, the community comes before the individual. So, you know, what makes a better holiday gift than a Nazi coin? We're gonna send that out to Ragnar to the desert. But the point of course is stressing the importance of individualism. That's what we're doing here at the Ayn Rand Center UK. So thank you both. And please uh, let us know at the Ayn Rand Center UK, your mailing address. Okay, thank you very much, Catherine. Parting words? Oh, go out there and have a wonderful Black Friday. Have a wonderful holiday season. You guys uh, support Amazon, support the real heroes out there. They're keeping everything going for us during this really difficult time. And uh, remember, I mean, those are the good guys. They're not the bad guys. And have fun, enjoy life. What a better message to close the show. Enjoy life and be, you know, happy people like Catherine and Jonathan. It's been a pleasure having you around today and hopefully see you both soon. Right, people. Uh, tonight we have the premiere of the series, The Philosophy of the Fountainhead, if I'm correct. It's not a live show, but it premieres at 10 p.m. UK time. I haven't watched any episode, but people who have watched the episodes have only the best things to say. So if you want some extra inspiration about your life, today's episode is on Howard Rourke, I think. There are going to be two episodes for Rourke, and in between we have every other character. And also we have a super chat question, which I can't see. So someone read it to me or the role emperor behind sure, the scenes. Sure, we'll, so we'll get it real, his real, voice. Quick, real quick from Anthony Mohagin, five and a half pounds. <clears throat> Thank you, Anthony, so much. And I hope you have a great holiday season. Thanks for supporting the Unran Center UK. Do we have any views on Star Trek Discovery? Any philosophical views expressed in it that either of you have seen or want to opine on? So I haven't watched Star Trek. I think Raka has, or he looks like a guy who has. Yes, he has, because he mentioned it in the transhumanist uh, episode. So my friend, first of all, thanks so much for the super chat. I, ca I cannot answer, but we're going to pass the question to Raka. And maybe, because I think he mentioned he wants to do something also on Star Trek, uh, we're going to get back to you. But let's see if Catherine has something to contribute on that. No, I'm sorry. I, You know what? I don't think I've seen that particular one that they're talking about. I, but I am, you know, an old big Star Trek fan. So just in general, um, I, you know, the, it, I, I thought it was fascinating because it was an explicitly philosophical show. But, I, you know, these were back in the days when I really wasn't explicitly philosoph uh, philosophical myself, but I enjoyed it. And I actually attribute a lot of my love of science because I was a big fan of Spock who I know philosophically wasn't really necessarily the best role model, but it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. What's fascinating with Star Trek is that everyone is seeing it as their utopia. So if you ask the anarcho-capitalist, Star Trek is where we're going. Uh, if you ask the communist, oh no, Star Trek is the communist utopia because there are no money. So everyone projects on Star Trek what they want to project. So the interesting question is what Star Trek is actually about. More on that when we have Raka. So, but again, thanks so much uh, for your contribution. We, re we really, really appreciate it. Right. And, and thank you, Nikos and, and Razi. I really enjoy the show. I do watch it fairly regularly. And I think you guys are doing a wonderful job there. 
Thank you very much. Well, the boss is rising behind the scenes, so he gets the he gets the credit for for the show. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone. Here's to next Black Friday being us that we're a bit all happier. Maybe why not richer? And we our only problem will be to discuss what a loser you have to be to hate it when people are having a good time and being having this miserable attitude that says, Oh, how dare you want this flat screen? No, you know, just if just do things that are gonna add, leave people alone, basically. Leave let people be happy. There are not that many things nowadays that make them happy, so just let them be happy. Okay, thanks everyone. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.